0: Hello, everyone. This is Gracie with Self-Care with Gracie. Welcome back to the podcast. Just in the collective energies right now, we are over the midterm elections. Uh, it's I, Well, we're not quite over it because I think there are still many recounts going on. But I, I felt like as soon as the results came in, kind of a unwinding in my own body. And I've been really working on a little bit of extra self-care in these last two weeks. So it's, uh, it's really nice to be able to be here and connect over self-care with a really wonderful teacher and community member that I've been in community with, um, April Ramee. Hi, April.
1: Hi, how are you doing?
0: Good, good. Did I say your last name right? Ramee. Ramee, Rame. oh, that's I like that, thank you. Okay, I'm gonna read your bio here. April Ramey is a revolutionary clinical herbalist in the heart of Washington, D.C., working with those who are at a crossroads in their lives seeking natural wisdom. April is the creatrix of Antler Academy, which brings nature, spirit, and ancestors out to play in herbal consultations, specialty-crafted blends, and an online herbal school, Sacred Seeds, as well as community events. She serves the herbalist community at large as the secretary of the American Herbalist Guild DC chapter. April is a certified 800-hour yoga teacher, sound healer, and fire dancer. April navigates life with one key intention, to spread love and the healing energy of the universe. Her tools include herbs, yoga, pranayama, breathwork, plant ceremonies, dance, sacred sound, wild nature hikes, and more. Her main focus is to blend the sacred arts to remember and reconnect our souls with Earth and the cosmos. Woo. Yeah for that i felt felt all that and i i've known you for a long time i I would say at least like five or six years here in dc Mm -hmm. at least yeah yeah Yeah. and we've we've been uh acro yoga i think was where i first met you Mm -hmm. and um and burning man um community events and um ecstatic dance and cacao ceremonies like anywhere that's really cool april's there so i'm like (laughs) Very honored to have you here on the podcast and get to spend this, this period of time talking about our connection to the plants and what that can do for us. So thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And it's an honor for me because I've watched you being doing this self-care the whole time. And it's just, it's been beautiful to watch your journey.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, we've been, we've been on, you know, kind of linear, not linear paths, cyclical paths, but we've been on like a co-current together. Yeah, like parallel path. Parallel, that's the word I wanted. (laughs) Great. Well, can you tell us more about your story, April, of how you went from, you grew up in Washington, D.C., right?
1: I grew up in Columbia, Maryland, actually. Okay. And um, so my family, my mom's side of the family is from D.C., which that's where she's from. That's where she was born and raised. And so I spent a significant amount of my time at my grandma's house because that's what happens. You get shipped out to grandma's house whenever there's like vacations or long weekends. And um that was a my family dynamic. And uh yeah, and then my dad is in his side of the family is from Brooklyn, New York. So but I grew up in Columbia, Maryland. Okay. And I spent most of my time in DC in Columbia.
0: Well, and I definitely want to hear more about your your grandmother in this. I know that you have a really special connection to her story as well. So wait, tell us more of how you got to know the plants and, and how you arrived to being this, this creatrix and healer today.
1: So, yeah, um, well, basically, growing up in Colombia back. Before it is what it is now, there was a lot of farmland, and it's a planned community. And so there's all these paths that lead to different cul-de-sacs and different areas of the, <clears throat> of the town. And through those, through those woods, you would literally, <clears throat> through those paths, you'd literally be like walking through the woods, or I would be walking through the woods. And they used to be really overgrown and kind of wa- very wild. Um, I've since returned and they're very manicured and it's a little depressing but that's neither here nor there right now. Uh, but yeah, so I would spend most of my time just discovering and getting lost out in the woods. Uh, in my family, it was okay if you went out and played outside and you were out all all day, as long as I didn't go into like anyone's homes or anything, I was allowed to do whatever I wanted. So that really lended itself for outdoor play, um, by the creeks and creating dams to make um, like a swimming pool um, in the creek during the summer, uh, really sitting with plants and just sitting on logs. And at that time, I didn't really understand. I didn't have language in ver- and uh, the language to really describe what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing was like talking with the plants and communicating and, and meditating with, uh, with nature and really like taking these like forest walks and stuff. So it was just more of natural rhythms. And uh, so I had the luxury of, like, I, I have that story. I could, like, tell my grandkids, like, I walked to school both ways, <laughs> uphill in the snow and rain and everything, because my um, mom would have us walk to school every day, and that was pretty much my whole life, because all my schools were walkable. And uh, <clears throat> so I got to watch the seasons change. I got to really be part of the landscape of, uh, of my community. And I went, then I went to college and I had this like forgetting, I feel like that kind of happens where there's this forgetting of what actually, um, I don't know, like what my purpose was. And I, uh, got into a lot of drinking. So like I was definitely like, I like to call myself, I didn't call myself then, but I call myself now what I was then as an alcoholic. And it really helped me um really curb my drinking. And I was lost, you know, like not really sure what my purpose was. And I was doing accounting and I graduated and was doing, you know, the corporate world and just didn't feel connected to anything. And, um, I went to go to this young professionals network at Thai Sophia, which is now Maryland Integrative Health University of Health or something like that. And I walked in and I saw their library and I've always loved books and I saw their library and I just saw all these books I'd never seen before and was just flabbergasted. I was just kind of like, why have I never seen these books? well, why didn't I know this whole genre of life existed? And then I realized you could get a master's in herbalism and not just, it just rung so true into me. You know, like when you hear something, you hear a truth and like you just know it in your bones that like, that's, that's the truth. So I saw, um, I saw the uh, that you could get a master's in herbalism, and basically that was 2007. And since then, I had just been, you know, doing everything in my life and in my life path to get me to being able to be a clinical herbalist because I just knew that's what I wanted to do when I realized you could work with the plants and have a career in that. <laughs> so that's pretty much how I got to where I'm at. I mean, there was like. So then, from two thousand and seven on, I basically like spent every single extra dollar I made at my nine to five. Um, I got up earlier in the morning to start my days, and in my days earlier, so that I could study, so that I could go to school, so that I could do all these other different programs that were in alignment with uh, that lifestyle that I was that was that was calling me, and that was so true, and it really healed me and brought me the plants and everything really healed me and brought me out of this, I wouldn't call it psychosis, but it brought me out of this like spiral of going down and down and down and down into this, like, nothing really matters. The world doesn't really matter. Um, you know, just like it's, I'm just here and I'm existing and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and, and that's it. So.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow, thank you for sharing that. That's such a powerful and relatable story. Mm-hmm. I, and, and some things I just really loved about it were when you talked about when you were a kid and how you knew what you were doing, even though you didn't know what you were doing, you knew, you knew that you needed that energy in some way and you were able to create that experience for yourself. Uh, I, I just relate a lot about self-care too. I, I, I've, I think I've told the story in the podcast before, but when I was in like sixth grade, I went to this lake house with my family and they had this book by Vidal Sassoon. It was a, it was a self-care book that was like introductory yoga and Ayurveda. And I was like, oh my God, I stole the book from the lake house. So I was like, I don't know what this is, but I love this. And it was <laughs> it was like something in me was so hungry for self-care and Ayurveda that when I got the first taste of it. So I do think that we are born knowing that these things are intelligent and, and then we have to go through our forgetting period. And that that's also very relatable, but it's so powerful to hear how you came back into it. And that, that inner truth resounding from it too. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's interesting. Cause when I, th- <clears throat> when I think about it and like self-love, this is totally a self-love statement that my mom would say to me, um, because I would want to, this is part of also what, kept me, um, hanging with the plants was, um, I would want to go and hang out with friends and do things, you know, like typical kids were doing. And my mom wouldn't approve maybe of the activities that were happening, or if there wasn't a chaperone or something, she just didn't feel comfortable with it, which, you know, at that time I was so annoyed, but what she would say to me, was be like, you need to stay home and learn how to love yourself. Wow. <laughs> And I was like, and I remember one day being like, but I already love myself. She said, learn how to love yourself more. (laughs) And I just remember like, you know, sitting like me being an insomniac and just reading and soaking up all the books possible. And like, I remember when I was like 10 years old, I had discovered astrology books. And my mom was like, don't ever take these ones out of the house. And you can't tell anyone you're reading them. And then she had this like natural cures book that I would sit at like, three o'clock in the morning and it always was on the same bookshelf so whenever I would go to watch watch the fish tank in the middle of the night because I couldn't sleep I would pick up that book and kind of just flip through and read about different plants Mm. yeah so that's a very self-care self-love thing my mom always instilled in me which was a very important lesson now looking back
0: I'm going to use that with Jonah (laughs) do it. It's good. (laughs) I pull it out when he's like 12 years old. I'm like, no, you're staying home. You're going to love yourself. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Well, and and it's interesting too, because I do, as I've gotten older, I've come to see that there, I I think we all have the capacity for healing within us, but it does seem like there are certain people that are healers. Like that's the archetype and that's Mm -hmm. what we're here to do. And I've noticed that this tends to be a, a bit of a lineage thing. Like, if you, if you go into my family, like, there are certain people who are healers, and back, and, I, and people I'm even discovering now are healers that I didn't really know about. So it, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your lineage, and especially through your grandmother. You wrote a blog post about it once, and I thought it was really beautiful.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting, because going back to that time period when I found out you could be an herbalist, the thing that I forgot to mention in the story was that the school was 15 minutes from where I grew up. And I didn't even know it existed. So there was like a whole program like gardening and gardens and just like education going on around acupuncture, herbs and all these things. And I didn't know that it was so close. So I went home and confronted my mom and I was like, mom, I was like, I want to be an herbalist. And how come I didn't know the school Thai Sophia was here? And she's like, oh, that school? Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, that school. Yeah. And then I told her that I wanted to be an herbalist. And she said, oh, okay, so you're the plant person in our family. And that was like, it was a little upsetting because it made me feel like I had wasted a bunch of years on all these educations of accounting and doing all this stuff. Um, that was unnecessary when it was known that in the lineage of my family that this is something that people do, um, that specifically women. And uh, she began to tell me that, you know, my grandma was the one that held a lot of that lineage and how, and that really like made me understand my mom more because my mom would never be the mother that would like, if we had a headache, would just go and pick up the pill. She would be like why don't you just sleep, have some water, I'll make you something warm. And she would have a sleep for like three days. She would just be like, don't worry about anything, take care of yourself. Mm. And, um, So that was like what I didn't realize was how rare that was. I thought that like, you know, that was the common thing. And she had learned that from my grandma. And my grandma was the one that always was taking my mom and and her siblings, because she had five siblings, to an herbalist or going to pick up herbs and bringing them home and you know doing natural remedies which i think we all have a lot of history around as like grandmas or older people doing this because the one thing i like to remind people is that the new pharmaceutical drug situation is a newer one it's not it's not an old thing so really when i think of like new age medicine i think of allopathic medicine and pharmaceuticals because that's the newer form of medicine and uh, So my grandma and I we had a very deep relationship It would I would say it was basically bordered upon telepathic um, and very um, There was just a lot of not like not verbal like non-communication like how do I say that non-verbal communication that happened between us because when I was growing up and I was staying at her house, she would be meditating and I would go up to her and I'd say, what are you doing, big mommy? And meditation didn't always look like what we think is meditation. She wasn't always sitting up straight. Sometimes she would just be laying there, but I knew that she wasn't asleep. She would just be in utter silence or she would light a candle and then she would just sit there in her chair. And I asked her, I said, what are you doing? And she says, meditating meditating and praying. And I was like, well, how do you meditate and pray? And she's like, well, you can join in, just sit down and don't say anything. So I would sit next to my grandma for hours, not saying anything, just being there. And while there wasn't really much discussion about what was going on, I picked up a lot of nonverbal communication about how to really sit in that silence and to stay there and to see what comes up, right? And to like, have these experiences where, like, after I would spend time with my grandma, I would go back to school, or I would go, um, home, and whatever issues or problems I was having, they wouldn't be there anymore, because I wouldn't be focused on them, and I would just have moved beyond them at some point, um, so there was a lot of healing there, and a lot of, um, a lot of going around and and observing DC. She would take us to the park all the time, Rock Creek Park, and she would take us to all these different churches, and we were always going around and just kind of like getting to know people, going to botanicas, getting herbs, and just um, spending really like quiet, peaceful times. Lots of quiet, lots of peace.
0: It's such a beautiful story. I really feel her spirit when you talk about her and i and I just laugh because this is the least typical story about d c ever so it 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 shows the heart that is in d c and i I feel it, but I don't think it's what people often think about washington d c
1: No, yeah, they don't think about the underground layer of heart and I mean, if you think about it, I mean, this is a beautiful, beautiful land that we live on, and even still even though there's a city here and even though people are trying to take over every single last ounce of green space i feel like the green space here really fights back not like in a like a like in a confrontational way but in a very like well this is a very beautiful landmark space as well so it requires tourism it requires people to come here and so i think it, it lends itself to creating that beautiful like every place has like a little garden and then you know having the arboretum being one tenth of the size of the city and just land really the land here really lends itself to being part of the tourist attraction which is what i think is really beautiful in dc yeah that I loved growing up with my grandma
0: what a gift what a gift and, and something that one of my meditation teachers who lives in dc and him and his wife have lived like in India, all over the world. They know all the spiritual teachers. And he's like, I, D.C. is the most spiritually powerful place I've ever been. And that mm-hmm. that shocked me. But it's, I think it's true. There's a lot available here. And I do love to go to the Arboretum because I feel like I get a taste of like what D.C. was before we came and put a bunch of concrete on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think it must have been so beautiful. Yeah, totally. Well, let's talk more about the plants because uh, I'm, I'm imagining there are some people out there who are curious you know we like being outside in nature we know that chamomile is calming but we're not really sure what else there there is for us in the plants can you walk us through like we don't know much about the plants how to how they can be available for our healing yes so
1: a lot of the things is that i think about with the plants is is very intuitive it's a very personal experience so one of the things that I really like to discuss with uh, people who are fresh and new with plants and don't really know much and they're really wanting to know is the, the, the ease there is to actually just sit down with a plant and, and talk to it. I know that sounds really maybe woo-woo or whatever, but it's actually not. It's very common for our ancestors of all of our beings to sit down with the plants and to observe them so I think observation is a very important key uh, here because plants that are all around us are really talking and really exposing themselves. And we have so many plants that grow here. And it is everywhere. Um, and so I invite people to just sit down and like, if they don't even know the plant, but it's calling to them, to sit down with it and to really just allow yourself to be in the presence of a plant. Um, you can always take a photo of it and like ask someone what it is later. But one of the great things is being able to just sit there and ask it to tell you what its knowledge is about. Um, it's really interesting, the things that come up when I do this, sometimes songs come out, poems, sometimes I'm, in, I'm intrigued to draw. And then other times I just want to touch the plant and smell it. And so I think that's like a really good thing because then it just starts to bring you into this observation mode to realize all these these animate beings that are around you 24 7 right because I think what happens is we're we forget that the plants are even there um we just take for granted that like oh that's a green thing over there and that's a green thing there but it's like it's almost like if how we do with people especially when we're in cities we just like oh there's a human we walk right by it but it's just like reintroducing this This concept of um, taking your time and like that, like stopping to smell the roses, right? Like that's a beautiful saying for a reason because it's like when the rose blooms and the scent catches you, you're compelled to stop, and you're compelled to stop everything else that's going on around you to partake in a moment of that communication between you and this plant. That's like, look at me, I'm smelling and I'm I'm here and I'm vibrant and don't you want to be the same? And so once we start to realize these, these, these beings that are around us, then it, like, I think the next steps are to really find someone who understands the plants that are around you um, and to learn from them. Because what happens is you just need to get start getting a little bit of education on how to identify plants, how to um, use one or two plants, and then you can start to really open up the uh, dialogue because what I like to say is that certain plants are your friends and allies so for example let's say um, I'm going on a walk with one of my friends and I see lemon balm and I know it's lemon balm they don't know they're just walking by it because they have no clue and then I'm like oh my gosh it's lemon balm and I stop and like I start rubbing my fingers on it and it smells like a lemon like the lemon scent and so I'll have them do that and so they have this like interaction with this plant and then from having this interaction and smelling it they they're like whoa i didn't even know and it's right here and um like let me let me look at it and have a little bit more of an experience with it and then if i tell them oh well this plant is really good for um it's a it's one of the best um sedatives and it's a nervine and it really but the the thing about it being a sedative is it doesn't make you fall asleep it actually makes you more cheery but at the calm at the same time and releases anxiety and stress. And like, that's amazing because if you try to take a sedative in a pill form and it'll make you sleepy and then you're going to have to take a pill that's going to give you energy. And so, but you're, you don't have to take two pills. You can just take this one plant. You can just smell the plant and you're already immediately like put in with lemon zest and cheer. I mean, everyone knows how they feel when they smell a fresh lemon. And um, so I think that that's really kind of the way to start getting into the relationship. So you begin to meet one plant. And once you know this plant, maybe you begin to drink it, maybe you begin to smell it, maybe you begin to grow it, that plant is going to inevitably introduce you to its other friends. Just like if you meet someone – and you really like them and you hit it off, they're gonna eventually invite you out to come hang out with some of their friends. And then you're gonna meet other people that are in their group, and then you're gonna find a friendship with one of those people, and then you're gonna meet other people through that friend. And so that's the way I see plants working, is they're very social, they're very inviting, they're very um, here for us to really form a relationship and understand what they're offering and the healing that they can give. But I think that having a little bit of guidance in the beginning is the most helpful so that you can understand like, well, what plant is this? And, um, but I, yeah. So does that answer the question?
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. I love your vision of the plants being the social community that wants to draw you in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it, it it really resonates because I think so many of us are having a very deep craving for community right now. And the way that I feel, about it first as people like the community of people but i also love the idea that if we can embrace the community of nature which is so readily available to us uh we don't even actually have to be in nature this is what i found for myself if i like yesterday totally um rainy snowy day i was with jonah all day we didn't go outside but like when i was meditating in the morning i do a practice where i ground to mother earth nature. And I felt the nature and, and it's always that constant humbling reminder. I'm like, oh, I'm not separate from nature. It's not something I have to like extend out to as much as I just am. So it's more of embodying it. And, and I think the plants can be such a beautiful way to do that. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Exactly. And there's a thing that I always like to say, because when my friends are like, oh, I need to go out to nature. I'm like, but you're already in nature. I mean, we live on earth there's no escaping nature. I mean, even when we're in our house or we're, you know, in a city or maybe even out in like what we consider going to nature, which is like being in a mountain that's been like preserved and been told by, you know, us human beings, by the, by the government that they're not going to put any, you know, they're not going to put any buildings here. Um, that doesn't exclude us from nature because we're always in it. We're on Earth. There's no escaping it. So 100%, 24/7, when you're sleeping and when you're not, you're in nature. It's just, do you pay attention to being in nature?
0: Yeah, yeah. There's there's a practice from I had an Ayurveda teacher who said the first thing that she did when she woke up in the morning was to just feel into like like the ethers of like what's the weather like today, what's the energy like today, feeling that in her own body not mm-hmm. not like checking her phone to see what the weather was going to be and it, like it, these practices like you said just smelling an herb it's it's really small but it, it can start to open up the senses which is such a powerful mm-hmm. form of healing in and of itself
1: yeah i mean when i want to know the weather i just open my front door and step outside for a second
0: right <laughs> imagine that
1: yeah I'm just like oh what's it feel like outside right now <laughs>
0: Well, I, I'd like to talk about the bigger scope of, of, I guess, the way we see nature right now. Like, we're, we're living in a time of a lot of information. We're living in a time of a lot of polarity and tension, especially politically and socially. And part of that is climate change. Um, and I, I think a lot of people out there, especially people who identify as more progressive, are feeling pretty disheartened about nature. And I'm, I'm curious. It's a two-pronged question. The first is, how do you stay buoyant? when you look at bigger policies and how they are potentially damaging nature or are damaging nature. And um, I just drew a blank on the second part. Let's start there. And then we'll go into the second part. Oh no, I just remembered it's um, and how do you justify paying attention to the plants and slowing down when it feels like there are so many things that we need to do to kind of save the world right now?
1: Mm, Those are such good questions. Um. So when it comes to policy, I feel very disheartened to watch what's going on. And it doesn't take, I have to admit, I don't follow a lot of policy. I'm not a avid newsreader. So there could be some ignorance on my part. And I'm always open to like learning more and having deeper dialogues. And I think that I'm a great um yeah so anyway but when I think of like what I do know um especially when it comes to like the way we're treating the water um when it comes to the fact that like we have a hole that we like send nuclear bombs in to test it's basically like taking you know mother nature in your own womb and just like going and being like let's send a nuclear bomb inside and blow it up um and then just the way that we view the world as a resource is like something we need to take is very, very disheartening. It's super sad. And I think everyone feels it. And I don't think anyone is distant from it because if they weren't, if they were distant from it, there would be a an overarching theme of positivity in the world. And I think that while that is possible. Like most people are, that I talk to are full of anxiety. They're depressed or they're concerned about the future and they don't see how everything can be connected in one. And that's because of the way we're treating the earth. I mean, we could talk about like the fact that we're eating food that's not good for us and all these other things, but really it comes down to how we're just treating our home. Right. Because when you think about it, like how you decide to treat your home reflects who you are, like even in your own home and your in your space, like that's a little small microcosm of the macro. And uh, I think that like the way that I deal with the policies and how I feel about it is one, I'm just ever forever grateful and full of gratitude for the people who are on the front lines of this, who make this their life to make sure it's known, that the injustices are known, and to follow through with some type of, you know, voice so that we can be heard. I just am so grateful for those people because I don't know if I have the capabilities to do that myself, which is why it's such an honor to live in a world where there's so many different people who have so many different um, goals in life and life paths, And I just am so happy because like when my friends or other people I know that are doing that work, tell me what to support them in. I'm there. I'm like, how do I support? Do I give you herbs? Do I give you money? Do I give you my time for a little bit of, of everything? What do I do? You know? And I feel like that's what us as human beings can be doing more of is like if we follow our passions some of us are more passionate about getting that word out there and then the most important thing for those who aren't very passionate in that is to listen i think so i'm a listener i'm a listener and tell me what to do like you're in charge and i'm ready to like follow whatever you need me to do because that's the thing there needs to be leaders in certain areas and then there definitely has to be followers um So what keeps me buoyant is knowing that those people are out there, like, in full force. And while we may not hear about them in the news, I mean, it may not be the most common thing that you're knowing, it's happening. Um, You know, there are – I'm getting chills right now just thinking of some of my friends, thinking of movements that are being done, thinking of those people who are, like, working so hard against – Uh, corporations and are being killed pushed down or watching the earth being destroyed you know it's so disheartening Um, but I get chills thinking about those people who are out there on the front lines basically making it their life's duty to do something about it like they are supreme warriors of the earth and that is just so beautiful so that's something that helps me. Um, I pay I like to research. I like to be told what I can do to help solve those issues, and I'm on board. Like that's pretty much how I feel about it and how I stay a little bit buoyant. The second part of the question, though, really defines the main way I'm able to do that is like, how do we have time to slow down when all these things are happening? Well, I think if we don't slow down, We won't know the solution and the solution comes from listening to earth. The solution comes from understanding the changes and what's going on. And yes, there are things that we are doing that are destroying the earth and destroying ourselves mainly and causing pain and havoc for us. Um, and one thing I try to remind people, and this might be a little controversial, is that the Earth is going to be here. Like, it may be a rock. It might end up being like a devoid rock floating through space with nothing on it if we keep going the way we're going. But it will probably be here. Um, or even if it explodes, maybe there's particles. You know, I'm speculating. I don't know any any science in that way. But I'm speculating that Earth is, in some way or shape or form is going to keep going and existing and it matters how we treat the earth because we're we're extinction we're we're basically creating an extinction for ourselves because we're destroying the climate that we depend upon to exist um and we're poisoning it just like we're poisoning ourselves So if we can take time and connect with the plants and connect with earth and connect with herbs and understand how they're here to heal us and what reciprocity we can give back, we can start to realize, like, this is a major gift. And when we can start seeing the world as a gift and start seeing the plants and just, like, taking that time to be with them, then there's awe in the everyday. And that brings joy. And then you have that reconnection. And then when you have that reconnection to your joy and to your life, then you can realize where like things are sucking your energy and making you sad. And then if you're fully supported by these herbs and you continue on the path of like eating amazing things from the earth that are supporting you and drinking the teas and you know, medicating yourself. Well, I don't want to say medicating, but using the um, using the plants to make you a better human being then you start to realize like what's actually harming you and you don't want to take partake in it anymore because once you start to feel the vitality and health that you can have, it's harder to go down the path of like of just destruction and because you want to feel good. And I think that like by taking that time and slowly under like taking time to smell the rose, taking time to be joyous, taking that time to take a break Um, really brings that uh, aspect back and I think that's becomes the way that the world is going to change and I think that there's a huge movement of people waking up to understanding this and taking their time to really enjoy what earth has to offer and the more people that do this the more the more the will take a step back and really demand change from the corporations and from the people that are in charge. I like to think that the people that are in charge, and I don't even think that they're in charge, we're all in charge. And I don't really like to give my power away to policy and politics um, because ultimately, you know, I'm the one who's choosing and making my choices. So I make a lot of choices with my dollar. Uh, Where do I spend my money? And I make a, even more choice with my time. Um, because a lot of times people think time is money, but I think time is art. It's a Mayan concept that I had learned in 2012, which is time is art, which means that like every moment we're creating art, whatever that is that you do, but it's an artistic expression and it's being a co-creation in the earth. And we're co-creating with that. And so how we decide to co-create ourselves is the, the reflection that we'll see or, it, within the plants and with the mother earth. And those changes will come. They are here. That's the other thing I like to remind people. It's like it's happening. Um, It's small, but, I mean, if you just look at the mainstream, Gracie, you know. I mean, like, people are so into yoga. They're getting into Ayurvedic. They're getting into herbs. I remember trying to talk about this stuff, like, five, ten years ago, and people would look at me like I was crazy. Now more people are like, oh, yeah, I'm interested. I heard a little bit about that. And so I think it's becoming – more of a requirement that uh, the earth is being taken care of and I think more people are waking up to understanding and they're seeing what's happening and the great thing about earth and nature is it's very adaptable so I mean we might harm ourselves in the process but things
0: are adapting thank you for that I so many goosebumps as you were speaking I love that time is art oh my god time is art how beautiful It is. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. And I I hear what you're saying about the movement changing that I think everything is culture that we're in and and we have to build a culture And the way that we build a culture is by building a movement of individuals who have made these changes in their lives. So it normalizes the experience that there's more yoga studios and people talk about yoga and it's not a weird thing. And there are more people pulling out their bag of herbs. To make tea at work and talking to their coworkers about it, and more people who are eating foods for their dosha. So it's it it is an exciting vision to think about if, if more and more of us join together. Mm-hmm. The same way as you know, like we are a community and we spread the way that the plants do. I love thinking of the community of plants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another thing I was just thinking
1: about too is um, I had the pleasure of um, being on a book a uh, panel of day he does morning of morning altars and he had this practice of going out every day and creating a morning altar from whatever he finds from the earth and one of the things that I really really picked up and like just enjoyed so much from him that I'm soaking up and really like animating into my own life is this concept of place um so this concept of really like going out there and like sitting and slowing down and finding where you're located and what that feels like to be in that place because I was talking to him about how it's kind of sad that like we don't have a lot of the knowledge from the native elders that are from this land or even whatever land you go to to kind of pass down the stories and I think that that's where a lot of just the disconnection comes from is like we're missing and desiring and like longing for these like stories of place like stories that really connect us to earth right and connect us to the place that we're in and so to connect to place he was saying that nature the the environment holds that information it holds that like the 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 energy of that place so the more time we spend to go back to that, the more time we spend taking our time and being slower and just sitting there and, and really sitting in those spaces, we get to understand the story of the place. So just wanted to throw that out as well, because it was just so beautiful to hear that from him. It really made me feel like a wandering spirit. It made me feel like it's okay that I've been grounded in DC for so many years right now, you know, I was like, Oh, that's right. Like I'm cultivating a place. I'm learning the, I'm learning the information and the essence of this, of this, this land that I am here and decided to stay on.
0: Mm, I love that. I love that. And I'm, I'm the same way. I'm like, why am I still in DC? But it is because this is this. there are roots that are growing here Mm -hmm. and there. And I don't think we know the implications for what they are either of of why we're both of us who are in the city that kind of doesn't have the reputation as being a city with a lot of healers in it, but it really has the heart of that. So how to how to bring that community more to actually heal some of the political stuff that's happening here is my bigger vision. I don't I don't know exactly how it's going to happen, but I know I'm not going to do it alone. Like it's going to be community and it's going to be the community of the plants, too. Yes, (laughs) that's beautiful. April, you have so much to offer and share so wise and I feel your energies. So thank you so much for for sharing all of that. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me to talk about it. Oh, yeah. I'm so passionate about the plan. I feel it, I feel it. this is great. Well,, well the question I always ask is what what does self-care mean for you?
1: Mm. Oh, man, this is a really deep question. Because in one way, I could go and list off all the things that I do for my own self-care. But ultimately, I think self-care looks to me like doing what makes you feel the best for yourself. So whatever that is, right? Like, for example, for me, it's being able to take baths in the morning And it's being able to know when I need to be somewhere and when I don't. Um, And really just like, you know, eating yummy foods that nourish my soul and having yummy community and plants surrounding me at all times and just beauty. However, I think the other part of self-care, which um, I've been really looking into is and it doesn't have to do with self, it actually has to do with community, is the respect that you receive from your community when you choose to take care of yourself in whatever way that is. And I think that that's a component that really brings the, that heightens the lack of self-care, is our concern about what our community work or other people will think about us if we do something that's in our best interest but is not, um, typically accepted. And I think that the more that everyone understands their own self-care and what they need to exist, then we could have a little bit more respect for other people and their choices of self-care. Um, does that make sense? Oh, 100%.
0: Yeah, that's. I think that's a podcast episode in and of itself, just what? <laughs> yeah. how, how do we deal with... With feeling like we're disappointing someone else by doing what's right for us.
1: Exactly, and I think that's the number one thing that stops a lot of people from their self care. You know, their intuition might be like, "You need to stop. You need to do this." Da 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 da, and then they're like, "But I have to be at work, and I have to do this, and I have this thing, and I have that thing, and this person's depending on me." And it's like, "Well, yeah, that makes sense, but there should be a little bit of of discretion." You know, if something's really not for you at that moment in time. It should be okay. I don't want to say should, but I would love to see a culture where it's okay to say, I'm going to take my moment and I will definitely see how I can figure out how to make it up to you. Because I think people feel like they're going to feel wishy washy. And I think I get it, you know, but if you're constantly, you know, backing out on things, then yeah, then you're wishy washy. But if you're really like taking care of yourself and genuinely doing that, then you will find how to be there for other people in the best way because then if you know your self-care you might say no to something someone's asking from you before you even before it even begins because you know yourself you know you're like oh well I know that like that's just not up my alley and that's okay that's the other thing it's like that self-care is knowing that it's okay to be who you are and like those people that will really love you will accept you for it. And it's different from hearing that and actually embodying it,
0: so. Truly, truly, and it's one of the things, like uh, you're part of the Burning Man community here in DC and I, I, I go as often as I can because I love the energy of of present moment connection and then um, what, is, what is the term? There's the term about like uh, radical self-expression. Self-reli- self-reliance. Self-reliance. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's about being, I just felt that I went to Nomadico. It's a weekend event of, a couple years ago, and I just felt like I could be talking to someone and then be like, hey, I'm going to go over here. And it was never, it wasn't, there was no obligation that I felt throughout the weekend because there was a culture of people that had decided that people needed to do whatever they needed to do to have the present moment experience they wanted to have and that everyone was going to support that. And exactly. it was- it was incredibly liberating, incredibly liberating, unlike a like a deep layer of my psyche, actually. So I, I when I think of burner communities, I, I think of it as being a really futuristic way of being where people can practice the self care that they need in order to, to be themselves.
1: Yeah, I mean and it's actually ancient.
0: So like, say more.
1: <laughs> I think that a lot of the times So one of the things that I notice in the vernacular, like the language that we have is like new age, esoteric, like this, like, you know, futuristic. And I'm looking at it and I'm saying, well, actually, these are the ancient practices. These are the ancient arts. Um, We've just been deluded. thought to think that how things are going have been going for the past 400 years is the way things have always been but it's not i mean we were here for like eons before the 400 past 400 years have been existing where we've been you know doing all these things to destroy ourselves and so to me it's more of reconnecting and remembering the ancient ways because these wouldn't these rules wouldn't have come out if it wasn't for the fact that this is an eight within everybody it should be an eight that You know you do what you desire and this starts at the education right like when i would think about tribes or i think of my ideology right because i can only imagine and so this is my um what did my friend call me idealistic (laughs) my idealistic view of uh how things could be or was was that you had elders who recognized when you were a young age what you gravitated towards and when they recognize that they pair you up, or they do, there's these rites of passages or things that help you move into these and move into that path, right? So whatever challenge they present you, because there always has to be a challenge, or some kind of like overcoming something, so that you can understand the importance and like the um, the gift that you have, right? It's like this theme that happens within ourselves, but we don't have necessarily always mentors to guide us through these challenges Um, so it's like this ancient way of like really being in tune with yourself and what you really meant to do and when you feel that when you feel that capabilities that's what we're talking about right that self-care where like the tribe your community the people are going to accept you no matter what and they're going to be like oh yeah that's april that's you know that's what she does and um you know not everyone's going to like you for it you're always going to have people who are like oh eh, no i may not want to spend a lot of time with april but they'll have a respect for you because they'll see what your gift actually does for the tribe and the community just like someone else has their gift and you know maybe like you know you hear about in your family unit they're like oh that's just crazy uncle so and so you know that's just the way he is and like you know he contains that like that archetype of what it is to be that human being and you just respect it and you have to and you allow it to be amongst itself and how it is um so I think that these things are ancient. They're innate within all of us to be that like true version of ourselves. And I think these communities like Burning Man, but even beyond that, just like, I think that we could remove the fact that it's a Burning Man thing and just know that it's a, a human thing and really implement that. Because a lot of Burners always, I've, they're like, oh, well, how do I like come back to the default world? and. You know that that means coming back to the regular world, and I'm always like, well, you can just remember that who you are, your true essence of yourself. You can be that all the time. You don't have to let that go, and um, and that's you know to bring it back to the plants. I think having the support of the plants to help with your health and your well-being and um, with your emotional or physical things that might be actually happening in your body to have those support that support offers up that uh, relief. From holding on to those physical ailments or those emotional or spiritual ailments ailments, so that you can step further into yourself, which is the only thing plants have done for me. It's only made me a better person because I continuously can reach to them for support. So that I can, that I can keep working on being myself when those times of like, when I reach a wall where like, maybe someone doesn't accept me or I have pain or I'm having like an emotional, like whatever, or I'm having physical pain because I'm not dealing with something that's bothering me, but I know I can reach for my, my allies and be like, The plant world is not going to judge me. The plant world is going to come into my body and like give me exactly what I need, how I need it so that I can move through this barrier and become that better version and then still be that self. And then hopefully that will radiate out into my community and I'll be I don't want to say I'm a beacon, but like I'll be a version of myself that someone can depend upon. And then that should be able to help change the community around me and like then from there that'll change someone else and give them the permission because it's just like I just want to give people the permission I'm just like keep doing you it's great come on like you know like here's some plants that'll help support you so that you can be that version of yourself because we need that person that's going to do that just like I was saying earlier we need those people that are going to go out there on the front on the front lines and like do those things and make it their lives work to like know what's going on and make something happen because I want to follow them. You know, I don't want to lead in that situation. I want to support them. Um, and so I think that's another thing to remember. It's like we all play roles of leadership and support. And it's great to be both. Like, I love being a leader and sometimes, but other times I'm like, just tell me what to do. I will do whatever it is. I'm in full alignment with your vision. And just I want to support it in any way possible. Wow. Wow.
0: Yay. Oh, I love you. <laughs> it's all so important and you say it so beautifully. I, I, I feel like we could keep going. There's so many things I wanted to talk to you about that we didn't get to, but I'm also remembering that you're going to be one of the guest speakers for the Beautiful Life Collective, my membership program yes. in 2019. So I want to go deeper into plant ceremonies and dieta and, and more of the, the shamanic practices during that conversation. I would love to. And if you're listening and you're like, oh, I want to know about that, then maybe you want to join the Beautiful Life Collective because I am opening up membership again in 2019. So you can go to Self-Care with Gracie and join the waitlist for that. And I would also love to um, give people an opportunity to stay connected to you, April. So can you tell people how to um, stay within your work and yes, steps? Yes,
1: definitely. So I am the creator, creatrix of Antler Alchemy. And that's where you can find me, www.antleralchemy, A-N-T-L-E-R, alchemy. Um, And it's just like my spirit animal is the deer. So, And my girlfriend that I started it with, hers was the elk. So we were all about antlers. And um, so you can go to my website, and I'm going to be offering a – Uh, power of plant relationships uh, practice to learn herbs and gain freedom towards a better life this is uh, totally given given away and it's to go a little bit deeper into plant meditations and to how to form that connection with the plants and then uh, so you just go to my website it'll have like a pop-up and it'll be there, and you just join. And if it's not there yet when this comes out, then it will be there. I'm in the process of of finalizing it. And then in January, I'm going to be teaching a course called Herbs as Teachers, uh, How to Reclaim Your Power, Health, and Well-Being through a Relationship with the Plants. And it's going to go further and deeper into uh, plant dieta, which is just working with one plant at a time and really like forming a deep connection with it that's just kind of the real overview. But if you do the power of plant relationships, there's a lot of information there. I will talk more about it. And then you can find me on Instagram. You can follow me at Antler Alchemy. And yeah, and then I'm on Facebook as well. Antler Alchemy. Very simple.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. And I'm going to put this information in the show notes as well. So awesome. yeah. Thanks again, April. You are just, uh, as you said, a beacon and, uh, Really love having your energy on here. Thanks for taking the time with us. Thank you. My pleasure. And, and for those of you who are listening, uh, maybe you've heard something new. I, I think that there's a lot of ways to enter into this conversation of plants. One, go to April's website and sign up. Learn from her. Also, just to start noticing which plants are around you. Have a practice of, of like taking a little um, twig of rosemary or... Uh, lavender and just smelling it start to open and see what what wisdom is there and also to I think the part we're talking about at the end was so important to find communities of people that really support you and being you and that's that is one of the more challenging parts of self-care Get the support you need around it because I think unless you have that piece, that it's really hard to make the self care breakthroughs that you want to make. So
1: exactly, and I am um, I do herbal consultations here in DC, which means I and I do it um, on Skype as well, which means I do one on one conversations and we go into herbs that can support you, lifestyle choices, and I can kind of just and I'm basically there to help guide people into the next phase of life which is at crossroads uh you know when you're at that crossroads like what do you do next how do you support yourself how do you move forward and you don't have to have physical ailments to be supported by the herbs and um and the other thing I wanted to say too is anyone that's listening you can write me a message my email is hello at antleralchemy.com you can write me a message about anything I'm always open for discussion and questions um I love getting deep into All this, how do you live your life,
0: basically? So awesome. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Keep taking care of yourself, and I will connect with you soon. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. And remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place.